Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. Something has been on my mind lately. I have been thinking a lot lately about the cross and how God so loved us that he gave us his only, his one and only, his unique son to die for us. It surely will take eternity to try and fathom the entire mystery of God becoming man so that he could pay the penalty due to us for our sin, and I suspect we never will. God was in Christ, Scripture says, reconciling the world back to himself. The perspective of this unfathomable phenomenon that has consumed me lately is expressed well in the song that will follow at the end of the broadcast. He loved me before I knew him. When he was on the cross, it says, he looked down through time and he saw me and he knew that I was lost and doomed. There was a need for a substitute, someone who loved me so much that he would pay the penalty due for my sins and waywardness, my lostness. So unworthy was I, yet he was willing to die in my place because he loved me so much. That is so hard to comprehend from a human perspective, to really and truly understand all that comes into play. Human explanation leaves much to be desired, as they say. Books have been written about it, countless sermons preached about it, philosophers have pondered it. No one can comprehensively explain it. It defies logic or adequate examples. The Bible says it's very hard to comprehend that God would be willing to die. But God declares without hesitation or reluctance, God clearly showed his great love for us in that, while we were still sinners and unworthy of his love, Jesus died for us all. This brings me back to my earlier thoughts. God is omniscient and he knows all things. He is God after all. There is such a thing 
as past, present, and future, but not with God. He sees and understands, and he knows everything at once. He controls the universe. He made everything, including you and me. The song says that when he was on the cross, he knew me and loved me. That day at Calvary, he looked down through what we call time, and he saw me. As he died on the cross, a savior of the world, I was included personally by name. He knew me, yet he loved me still, in spite of my shortcomings and my failures and all of my warts. He died that I might have eternal life even before I knew him as savior. Oh, the rapture just to know it, that he took my guilty place. With his nail prints sealed my pardon, while the sin cloud hid God's face. Understand it? Can I never? For it passeth human ken that the one who's all-sufficient would thus stoop to save lost men. But I'll praise him through the ages for a soul washed pure and white that he bought me there on Calvary made me perfect in God's sight. Oh, to take the long forever, just the marvel scarce to tell of the wonders of my Jesus, who for sinners tasted hell. So I'll spend God's bright tomorrow in a song of thankful praise, and on earth begin the witness that shall end through endless days. For each blood drop shed on Calvary held the promise of my bliss. And when Jesus said, "'Tis finished, I could never add to this." For his grace is free and boundless, and my works are things of dross. I must leave self-righteous feelings, cling alone to his dear cross. H.G. Bosch I'm not on an ego trip I'm nothing on my own I make mistakes I often slip Just common flesh and bone But I'll prove someday just why I say I'm of a special kind When he was on the cross I was on his mind The look of love was on that scarlet robe hands tinted crimson red though his eyes were on the crowd that day he looked ahead in time for when he I 
hands on his mind. He knew me, yet he loved me. He whose glory with his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings and blessings upon you once again in the name of our risen and soon coming Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, I speak to you today with the conviction that God will do as he promised when he said and still says that his word will not return to him void, but will accomplish his purpose for sending it forth today. I thank God for that assurance. Again, I remind you, our topic is living in the Spirit, and this is message number six on this topic. Our theme verse is Galatians 5.25. If or since you have been made alive by the Spirit, let us also walk in or by the Spirit. Today, again, we are going to focus on verses 24 and 25 of this chapter as we continue to exegete the context in which our theme verse is found. So let me read those verses for you again. Please listen carefully and reverently. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. End of quote. Now, at the conclusion of our last message, we were discussing the meaning of what it meant to crucify the old self. Who does it, and when does it happen? Now, several facts from our text here has to be examined to answer these questions accurately. First, since the text says we have to do it, it means that it will not be done for us. Therefore, it cannot be the old man himself that we are to crucify. Why? Because Paul says in Romans 6, 6, now listen carefully, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. End of quote. Listen carefully now. The text is telling us that the old self was crucified with Christ. Past tense. A completed transaction. Friends, we are never commanded to crucify the old man. That has already been done, and it was done by Jesus Christ on the cross. 
But now, once more, and to be clear, what or who was the old man? He was the man or the person I was in or under Adam and the person every unbeliever is now if they do not have the Spirit of God indwelling them. Talking about the person born under the law, under condemnation, under sin. The old man, therefore, is or was our old humanity, our complete person under the condemnation of sin, our nature included. But now, as a Christian, made alive by the Spirit of God, I am in Christ. Let me put the emphasis on I. I am in Christ. I am a new man. As a believer, I am no longer under condemnation. I am no longer under the law. I am no longer under the control or dominion of sin. I am a new creation, a new person, a new humanity. I am the new man who was raised with Christ in newness of life. The old man stayed in the grave. He is dead, crucified with and by Christ on the cross. Christ left him there in the grave when he arose from the dead. Christ did not bring the old man back with him, but rather he brought back a new spiritual creation, a new man in Christ. And now that Jesus has ascended into glory, my new life, my new self, is hid with God in Christ in glory. And when he returns, Paul tells us that I will return with him in glory. Here, the words of the apostle in Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, quote, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Listen carefully now. For you died, past tense, and your life is now, present tense, hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. End of quote. What a beautiful passage of scripture this is. This means, therefore, that the old man and the body of sin cannot be the same. And this is what causes a lot of confusion to people who go through these passages. They confuse the old man with the body of sin, but they are two separate entities. Notice, for instance, in Romans 6, verse 6, that the old man was crucified, this is what the text says, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed or made non-effective. So you see, the old man and the body of sin are different. Body, in this text, means body, a physical, literal body. That's how the word is used throughout the book of Romans, referring to the physical body of the human being. However, the body of sin, therefore, means the physical human body that is still controlled or impacted by the principle of sin. Our body possessed or dominated or controlled by sin. Sin as it dwells in our mortal bodies, not yet redeemed or glorified. The body as a sphere or element in which sin and death still reigns 
although still a part of the Christian. That is what Paul is talking about when he talks about the body of sin. Now, please listen carefully. These are spiritual truths we are discussing here. They are revealed only in the Word of God and really can only be fully understood by those who have the Spirit of God indwelling them. But these are wonderful truths that we should know, understand, and apply. So the distinction that Paul is making is between me, the I, as a new spiritual man, redeemed by the blood of Christ, and my still unredeemed body, still possessed by sin. So I, who am in Christ as a new creation, am in the heavenlies, Paul says. My life is hid with God in Christ. I am raised and seated with Christ. I am a spiritual being. My spirit is alive in Christ and in tune with him. I, in Christ, therefore, am the real me, dead to the reign, rule, and dominion of sin. But none of these things are true of my body. It is still unredeemed, waiting for the resurrection and transformation. It is still tainted by the curse of my old man's total depravity. Sin still reigns in my mortal body. Notice carefully, Paul does not say sin reigns in me or sin dwells in me. He does not say in me dwells no good thing. He says in my flesh, that is in my mortal body, dwells no good thing. He's saying this because sin still operates as a law principle that controls the members of my unredeemed body. Now listen carefully here. I am not saying that my body is sinful in itself. It is not. But what I am saying is that it is still under the control of sin. It is still subject to the dictates of the sin principle because it has not yet been eradicated by the work of Christ. That is still to come at the resurrection. Many, of course, take place at what we call the rapture. However, and this is the fantastic and glorious truth that is being taught in these passages. The believer who is alive in the Spirit does not have to allow his or her body to serve this sin principle while we wait for the redemption of the body. And that's what we're waiting for, the redemption of our body. In the meantime, we do not have to succumb to desires and passions of the flesh, that is, of the remnants of the old nature that still remains in our mortal body. We can crucify these lusts and passions that leads to the work of the flesh. How can we do this? Paul tells us, first of all, by counting it a fact, by regarding it as true that we are a new creation in Christ, and therefore we do not have to be subject to the old lifestyle at all. Simply believe and accept as reality what God has told us in his word, even though we might not feel like it. But secondly, we do so by consciously and deliberately presenting the members of our body to doing God's will. And my friends, this has to be both a one-time and ongoing action. Let me read a passage of the Word of God. It's a little extended passage, but again, my purpose as a teacher is to tell you and to show you what God says, not what I say about it. So listen carefully now as God speaks to directly from Romans 
chapter 6, reading from verse 6. Listen carefully. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, that is Christ, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And notice this now. Here's the application. In the same way, count or regard yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who are being brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you now wholeheartedly obey the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slave of righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness, end of quote. My friends, this is a fantastic, practical way of understanding what it means to live by the Spirit. One of the things I do every morning before I put my feet on the floor is I do what this passage says. I present the members of my body as instruments of righteousness unto God. And I say, use them in any way that's honoring and pleasing to you. Now, Again, I mention, this is both a specific and continual behavior or action or sacrifice. First, there is the general and once-for-all sacrifice. Paul talks about that in Romans 12, verse 1, where he says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That is your spiritual act of worship. My friends, that's how we actively worship God on a continually basis, by being living sacrifices. And we remind ourselves of that every day as we continue to present the members of our body as instruments of righteousness to Him. We are to be living sacrifices. That's how we walk in the Spirit. Here then is the conclusion and application of the whole matter. 
if you live by the Spirit, let us also walk in or by the Spirit. But listen carefully now. You have to personally and deliberately choose to do so. I trust that you will make that choice today if you have not done so already. As always, this is Senior Pastor Teacher Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Therefore evermore to stay. The great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. Happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every morning for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. in a moment Jesus Christ could come again